In today's episode, we'll start by showing you how to go above and beyond in your branding, and we'll close things out with unique and powerful ways of getting yourself noticed by the right kind of people who want to do business with you. Don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really happy to be here with you. Uh, you can probably tell by now we're starting to pick up our schedule again and get more episodes in. After a bit of a layoff, which, you know, that was a good reason, obviously, I was working on my YouTube channel in support of the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Uh, there's been so much enthusiasm, which I'm so grateful for, re you know, regarding the book and the content that I've been hard at work behind the scenes just coming up with a lot of information and further content in support of that experience in that book. And um, those that haven't checked it out yet, you could obviously uh, head on over to awesomemarvelous.com and that'll auto forward to the YouTube channel. And of course, uh, many of you already know, you can also go to lastlawofattractionbook.com if you want to check out the Amazon listing for the book itself. And again, it's also available in audiobook, uh, Audible, Amazon, Apple Books, whatever floats your boat. But um, with that said, I don't want to waste any time here. I want to dive straight into today's guest because we go into a lot of awesome content and she is really on the ball. So um, let's just, you know, get started here. Elizabeth Pampalone is a master networker and trusted business advisor with over 20 years of entrepreneurial experience. She's also a high level speaker with a deep insight into the ins and outs of branding, among many other key business skills. Her firm, Beyond the Cause, Inc., helps overwhelmed business owners and burned-out nonprofit directors achieve success and freedom through the power of what she calls absolute marketing. We'll definitely talk about what that really means, among other important topics. So let's waste no more time here. We're going to switch mics up. We're going to dive on in. And for those watching this in video format, because I am starting to put these out in video, uh, quick apologies for my wacky uh, Zoom background. This was me in experimentation mode because I was testing different backgrounds for the YouTube channel. But uh, as you can see, Elizabeth was more than patient and she had her act together on her normal background. And again, this is going to be a wonderful, wonderful interview. So you want to sit tight for this one. You want to take notes uh, and just get ready. Let's switch it up and let's dive on in. Elizabeth Pampalone, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, I'm really excited to have you here. And I, um, I briefly heard a portion of a presentation that you were doing um, earlier this month. And obviously, it's been such a, a blurry year. It might as well have been five months ago, right? It's been so much stuff going on. But it really did, <laughs> excuse me, stand out to me. And I'm like, wow, she's, she's really dialed in with her marketing. She's really dialed in with branding. She's dialed in with so many of these things. And um, that's one of the reasons why I was really excited to chat with you here. And I, I guess to start things off, I understand you have a thing that you call uh, absolute marketing, correct? Yes. All right. Can you tell me a little bit about that, please? Yeah. So it's a system that I developed for myself when I was wearing many hats and running many businesses. Um, and it was a way for me to create all of my marketing for a year in just a few days. So now I work with my clients, um, small businesses and nonprofits, and we essentially create a year plus worth of marketing content and all like everything, all the technical stuff, all the content 
in just five days. And we basically focus on the pillars of what I call the pillars of marketing, which there are five of them, um, branding, website, social media, email marketing, and blogging. Um, and I believe that those are really, really important things that you need instead of, well, I know a lot of people just rely on social media and it's, that's one part of marketing. It's not all of marketing. So I try to show that those five pillars are all important. Mm, I'm curious how, you know, you, you put this down, you have everything, I guess, on paper, you have a really strong skeleton. How long does it generally take people to implement based on that once that's down on paper for them? We actually do the implementation each day. Okay. So we build an entire brand in one day. We build an entire website in one day. We we create and write and schedule um, all of the graphics and all the text for 12 months of social media posts, which is one post a day for 365 days. So we're doing all the implementation all together. You're moving fast. I mean, a a website in one day that, (laughs) that that could be a a, quite a task depending on on what's going on with it. That's amazing. And as I understand it, you'll correct me if I'm wrong on this. You generally deal with nonprofits and small businesses, which I imagine this thing in particular, I mean, this is useful for everybody, but a lot of times uh, those types of businesses, they almost come from a place, whether it's accurate or not, of like not having as many resources. So this just gives them this boost of momentum that's like rocket fire and they're off to the races. Yeah, absolutely. And I've found a lot of people will come to me with existing businesses or existing nonprofits. And we're talking five to 10 years long. You know, they've been in business, they've been around for that long. And they'll come to me and they'll say, well, I'm just this little company. And they just kind of have this mom and pop feel to them. Mm -hmm. And then when we actually rebrand them or we fix their brand, sometimes it just needs a little fixing um, or we build them a website or we do any of these pieces, really any of them or, or all of them together, they, they leave and they feel like I'm a business now. Like I'm a big player. I have something to say. I have something to sell, something to offer. And they don't have that mentality of I'm this small player. I'm a little fish in this big pond. They have this, I'm kind of a medium fish in a probably medium sized pond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have this sense of like growth because no, they haven't really put that value on themselves before. And now we're able to show them that value just by basically taking everything out of all of the, the corners of the business and really just laying it all out and really segmenting each piece and saying, this is your brand, this is your website. And then giving them direction on things that they may not be as comfortable with, like social media, email marketing, things like that. Right. And yeah, I think even for people that understand the value of mindset, I think sometimes just because, you know, we go through our daily grind, it's it's kind of easy to overlook how powerful and important that shift to being even just a medium fish and a medium pond, how significant that is, because it's, it's kind of self-fueling. All of a sudden, they're making a bigger impact and getting bigger feedback from other people, which is boosting them more. And it's kind of like an ever-growing situation that started off because they had that initial boost. Absolutely. And it also allows them this, this newfound courage to go after bigger fish that they've been, <laughs> well, I could never go to that company or ask that person for a donation. I'm, I'm, not, that, I'm not there yet. You know, they have mm-hmm. this mentality of, I'm not there yet. And this really gives them that no, like I have a logo. I have a website. My marketing is on point. Like I am ready to now push all that aside and not worry about that for essentially a year and Mm -hmm. say, I'm going to focus on actually going and getting the clients that I want and being proud of saying, this is my business card, or here's my website. I'm going to send you an email. This is my logo and my signature. You know, those things just give you this 
boost of confidence that I feel like all entrepreneurs need. And a lot of us are sadly lacking in because we do sit, you know, kind of in our little holes and we work on our marketing all day. And then we forget that we're actually, we actually have a lot of stuff that we can do and that we're really good at. <laughs> we just right. get bogged down in some of those, you know, minor tasks that we make much bigger than they should be. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, <laughs> I know, you know, we don't have a full data to focus on one of these things, but I do want to get into the branding bit because I'm sure I think a lot of people come from a misunderstanding of, of what that really means. And yeah. before I, before we dive into your process, which I'm really fascinated for, I'm curious, based on your experience, what is, what is like one of the biggest misconceptions people have or biggest mistakes people make regarding branding? They will get something done cheap. And then they'll say, well, I like it. Mm. And that's, that's a huge mistake because I honestly believe that most entrepreneurs should, should be sick of their website. They should be sick of their brand. They should be sick of their website because you're going to look at it every single day, but your client is not, your ideal customer is not. And they need to have it be something that they are familiar with, that they, uh, that appeals to them, that gives them comfort, that gives them this, whatever sense of feeling you want them to have when they see your website, when they see your logo, when they, when they experience your brand in any form, then we want them to feel that. We don't need to feel that. It's not for us. It's for the person we're trying to reach. And, um, you know, sometimes people will say, well, I like the orange logo that I have but they are maybe somebody who needs a blue logo because that inspires trust and loyalty rather mm -hmm. than something orange. that's like about energy and power and being loud and you know, kind of boisterous in a way. And those things have colors, have emotions attached to them. And when we see these things, we think of, you know, emotions or we have emotions that we feel when we see certain things. So even fonts can do that. Fonts have, there's a psychology to picking a font. Um, for your logo. And, you know, there's also things that people try and do where they say, well, I had this photograph of, uh, you know, a gator and I, I want to put that gator photograph. It's a great photo. That's my logo. He's like, well, no, that's not your logo. Because now if I try to turn that black and white, if I try to turn that a solid blue color, a solid red color, I don't know, whatever the color is I want to choose, I can't do that. Um, now I, it's a photograph. It's just going to be a blob. It's not going to look like anything. So then they also make that mistake of trying to, to pick something again that they like, and they infuse that into what they're trying to do and say, well, that's good enough. Well, I've seen other people with picture logos and it's not what their client will need to see from them that says that person's legit. I want to give them my money. Hmm. So let's talk, I guess, a little bit about like, what is the process you will put someone through to, to get around these types of things? Like for people listening right now, uh, like, what's the first step? Like, how do they even begin to approach that knowing now that they're looking at it through rose colored glasses that may not be as accurate as they really think they want them to be? The first thing that I do when I sit down with someone um, before, like when we're doing the, the contract and the invoice and all that stuff, I tell them, don't prepare anything. That's the first thing. I say, what, what do I need to bring? What do I need to prepare? And I'm like, nothing. Don't, don't do anything because I want them to come in with no stress, with not worrying about it. And usually they come in super stressed because they're like, I don't understand, you know, cause they just, they're not sure of the process yet. And I come in with fresh eyes. I don't research them ahead of time. I don't look up stuff to prep for their meeting. And I know it sounds kind of a counterintuitive, but I don't do any of that stuff because I believe that 
when I come and look at something like that and they're bringing me something brand new that I've never seen before, I want to be fresh. I want to be like a consumer looking at it going, if I'm in the market for this, is this what I want? Is this what I'm going to be drawn to? Mm. And I'm looking at it from a marketer's perspective and saying, is this something that is going to work on your website, on your business card, on your Facebook accounts, on your Instagram account, like all of the things I'm looking at it from all those angles. And I've had people come in and they sit down and I had one guy, this is my favorite story. He came in and he had 73. He, I said, you can bring whatever you want, but don't worry about it. You know, if you bring nothing, that's fine. He brought in 73 different versions of his logo that had been done. Wow. And he had them all numbered. I mean, he knew the evolution and I just flipped through this book and they were all printed in color. One logo, tiny logo on the center of this eight by eight and a half by 11 page. And I'm just looking through this book and I'm just looking at every iteration from the beginning all the way until the most recent. It took on shapes and forms and different color. I mean, the, but the thing, the thing that remained the same was he wanted it. It was an Italian company. He wanted it to be about Italian food mm-hmm. and it was his heritage. He, so he wanted that red, green, and white. He wanted black to be in there. And then he wanted this horse, like this, this horse image was like really important to him. And it was already an icon. So it wasn't like we had to really, you know, pry him away from a photograph or anything. But I was like, okay, well, there's something wrong here. There, well, there's all these versions and you hate all of them. What, what's going on? And he's, he, we're talking it through. And I said, well, what if we tried this? And we're trying to like mix two or three together. And I'm like, I, I like this, but we can change that. And we're going through all this stuff. It's about two to three hours into our eight hour day. And it's right before lunch. And he says to me, I just, I can't do this. I, I just, I've been through all this and this isn't working. And I said, okay, let's stop. And I want you to tell me when you first started this company, what you, what you were doing, what were you were thinking? Why, why are you doing all this? And I usually start with that, but, but this point he had so many versions. I was like, okay, we got to salvage some of his money here. <laughs> yeah. He had so much baggage he was bringing into right, it also. Right. And I didn't, I wasn't looking at it that way. I was looking at it like, okay, we got to fix it. We got to fix it. And so, so I just sat back and I said, okay, we're, we're going to not look at this. Tell me what your reason is. Why'd you do all this? And he said, well, I was actually originally inspired by this company. And he pulled up this website and I was like, this is it. This is what we have to do. And I'm not going to copy another company or anything like that, but it was the essence and where he had come from that idea. And he had told someone, this is what I want. Like, this is where I'm going. The per- nobody did that because nobody wanted to copy, obviously, but they didn't know how to take the idea as an essence of an idea and make it his, make it his own version of that. Mm. And they just kind of went left field because they didn't want to copy it. And so all these iterations were so far from what he had originally, you know, thought he wanted. So I looked at it and I said, we can do this. And so we took it and we mixed it together with his horse and his colors. And we came out with something that was incredible. I I just, it was so perfect. It was, and he just sat there while I was building it. I did it. I do a lot of my brand stuff in Canva first because Mm -hmm. it's just easy to move everything around. Um, and I just built it in Canva really quickly. It took me maybe 10 minutes. Nice. And he just looked at it and he goes, that is what I have wanted this whole time. And he had spent like almost a year getting all the 73 iterations. And so that process of going back to the root for people and, and not, just, uh, not just saying, okay, why do you like these images or why do you like these things, these colors? 
it was going back to what was the original intent and getting people to connect with their own emotion about the company and their own emotion about what they're doing and helping them to see that this logo and this, this imagery that we're using is just a visual representation of that emotion that they don't have to be tied to it in that way that it's like, well, I like those leaves. I want those leaves on there. Right, <laughs> it's right. about the emotion that they're attaching to those leaves. And if those leaves aren't, aren't part of that emotion, it was just something they saw and they liked, then they can now separate themselves from that and actually view it more objectively, but also still instill in that what they actually were feeling originally when they decided to do all this in the first place. Right. So this is the first I'm hearing about, you know, absolute marketing and I'm hearing about this piece of the process, but what I'm getting out of listing this and the fact that we're starting off with the branding is I'm starting to operate on the assumption that there's a strategy here, an efficiency, where by getting to this point of the essence and what are you going for and the feeling and the emotion and the vibe and the intent, because you get the branding on point, all of a sudden everything else becomes easier to lift. The website, the blogging, the social media, because now it's off of this foundation. Did, am I on point with what you're trying to do with it? Absolutely. And that is totally the part that people miss. They'll whip up a logo, they'll pick a few colors. Yeah, that's a good font. And then they go to do the website. The font's not available on the website. Their colors aren't matching. They don't really like the logo now. They're tired of it because they've looked at it like 50 million times and they've had to upload it in 10 different million versions. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. And they're, then they're like, well, the website kind of sucks because it's not what I envisioned because I don't have the skill to just do what I envisioned. The template's not working. And then they go to, you know, email marketing, they go to they even social media and they're like, well, I was going to make all these templates for my social media, but I have to make 365 images. Well, forget that. I don't have time for that. I, you know, and so right. it just snowballs out of, out of control. And then they end up spending, you know, if they're, if they're working and sometimes people are working full time and doing stuff like this. Um, or if not, they have kids and they're doing other things. It's like they spend every night, every weekend focused on this. And then they sit there and go, why am I not getting clients? And it's because no one is connecting with what they're doing because the way they're presenting it, they're not connecting with it either. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely true that we have to find that foundation first and then build all of these other pieces right on top of that. But we have to start with branding. And sometimes right. I even force them to do the branding, even though they think they might not need it. <laughs> right. Well, because I mean, it's, it's kind of like the keys to the castle. And yeah. I mean, I imagine they're still going to be compromised, but yeah. if you've got the branding on point, you're being strategic with your compromises. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you're going to throw away a template because there's code in there that's botching the whole process, well, at least you know what you're still trying to achieve. So when you plug another template in there, you still have the consistency and you are on brand and you're not losing the client through that, that sales funnel that you're working them through. Absolutely. And, and I've, I've actually sat with people before and I've had people that have come to decisions within 10 minutes of being in the room. I mean, they're like, boom, I love it. That's what I wanted all along. You nailed it. All right, moving on. What are we doing next? Hmm. And then I've had people who've sat there. I mean, we do an eight hour day. So it's like a nine to five type of situation. Um, and we sit together the whole eight hours. I mean, it's in person, it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's focused. And I've had people sit there till 3 PM. I mean, like literally the final hours hmm. and they still haven't come to a decision. And I have done my heart, done my best, worked my hardest to try and make it, you know, happen for them. But they're either holding on to something, they're not telling me everything. You know, there's some kind of communication breakdown where they're just, 
they're just sitting there and they just can't figure it out. And then we have some kind of breakthrough, some kind of, um, you know, I don't know, they just get some kind of mental capacity where they're just like, oh, I get it now. Hmm. And then it's like, boom, and done. So I've had people go the ga- run the gamut of immediately knowing just, okay, well, what else are we doing today? That, that was easy. And then other people just laboring over it. Um, and it's all different personality types come into that. And, you know, how you deal with stress comes into that as well. Um, I've had people just walk out of the room and say, I need a walk. And they just leave. <laughs> they come back. <laughs> um, and so it's just really interesting to see how people deal with it. But I, I do know that when I sit down with somebody, there's only been a few times where they've had an idea and I've like, no, usually when they have an idea, I'm like, that's a good idea. What if we added, you know, and we're kind of collaborating. That's why we do it together. But then there's times where people are like, can't you just do what I want? Hmm. And I've said to them, I can certainly, this is, you know, we're down to the final hours. I can certainly just do what you say. And you want these colors and these fonts and this image and that's it. But you paid me because I know what I'm doing. You paid me because I'm an expert. And if you want to pay me to be an order taker, you could have done that on Fiverr and you could have mm-hmm. done that. It would have been the same, <laughs> but you're paying me because I know what I'm doing and because I have a reputation for doing this quickly and really well and nailing it for people that are just like, I don't even know what I want. Oh, wait, that's what I wanted. How did you know? So that's, and I, and I tell them, you can pay me for either one. And I've had only one person just say, just do it this way. Mm-hmm. And, and they paid me the, you know, I feel like extra in a way yeah. because they just were like, just take my order. But then most well, people realize that that's not what they're there for. It's kind of funny because when they do that, they're in many ways, obviously they're not getting their money's worth in the sense that they're not really taking advantage of your expertise. Right. But um, I could see how people would still feel good because like, well, I'm not getting like these extra pieces, but I am getting someone who's so talented that could still make it perfect on Canva, even if she doesn't just dis- doesn't agree with it. So <laughs> I'm sure they, you know, they're not getting in your opinion your best, but they're still getting a lot of bang for their buck. Where Fiverr, mm-hmm. um, they might get someone that's incompetent or someone True. that's that's <laughs> slow to respond. So I mean, I, I I totally see why it's it's way more valuable if they're just going to pay attention because they hired you anyway. But I, I kind of feel like even like a half-assed version, they're still getting a lot of important pieces with someone that's kind of been through the ringer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Know, and I just like to, I'm just like one of those people, like I like to over deliver. And so when that happens, yeah. I'm, I'd, like I said, it's only happened like one time and I was like, oh man, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. It's like, you got to go through that also, like just as a service provider where yeah. like it's law of averages, you're eventually uh-huh. going to run into the person where there's two people in the room and they just can't agree with each other. And like, they both love what you're doing, but they love different things that you're doing. And it's like, okay, how do I deal with this landmine now? So it's like, (laughs) it's always something cool. So just, you know, and I know there's so much more to go into branding, but I'm curious remind me like from branding, where do you take that into in the process after that? So once we create the logo, um, we actually, the branding day has a lot of pieces to it. So the Mm -hmm. logo is just one piece. I feel like it's just your visual representation. Obviously it's your foundation. Um, and then if people need like a business card, we'll design that for them right there. And if they need, um, you know, collateral pieces, maybe they need a wrap card, you know, depending on the business, maybe they need a one sheet, like a speaker, one sheet, we'll design that for them right there. Um, and we'll design it. And I design a lot of the stuff in Canva. Um, the logo, I just do that for mock-up purposes, but I design the other pieces in Canva. So then I can transfer it to them and they just have it. They can edit it. They can change it. Um, it's theirs and they own it after that. 
So then once we're done with those pieces, and if they don't need anything like that, we actually create an ebook. And I, I tell people that when we do a branding day, we write an ebook and they all just jaws drop like, oh my gosh, how's that possible? <laughs> and it's usually about 10 or so pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and still that sounds like an enormous task, but when you break down an ebook, it's essentially like two to three blog posts worth of right. content. Um, and I believe that anybody can write a blog post in 10 minutes. So, um, and I've gotten that efficiency down for my blogging day. So when we sit down together, I talk to them about what kind of content they want to do, what kind of freebie they want to offer. Sometimes it's a checklist. Sometimes it's a, you know, um, recipe book, my, my food guy, my Italian food guy, he created a recipe book and we ended up putting stuff in there about the history of tomato sauce and different tomatoes that he uses. And we did images of them. They were gorgeous. And we wrote little, these are sweet and these are savory and these are a little tangy and you know, all that different stuff about tomatoes. So it was really an interesting ebook to create and it created a ton of pages. I mean, we had three recipes. We had a bunch of stuff about the tomatoes. We had the history of tomato sauce. We had a cover, we had a bio section. I mean, we had about 12 pages right there, just boom, done. And a little bit of research, maybe took us maybe two, three hours to complete the whole thing. But, um, but he had this gorgeous ebook that he now gives away on his website in exchange for email addresses. And we've done the same thing for our daddle sauce guys. They have, they um, take daddle peppers and make like a hot spicy sauce. And um, they have recipe book as well. And we've done checklists. And like I said, one sheets for my nonprofits, I do um, donor one sheets, which is like fact sheets about who they're helping, how many people they've helped, how many people are in that situation and why they're helping them. And, um, you know, those kind of sheets where it's like, wow, these are the statistics and this is how far my money goes and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's really interesting. Just, I just, but I like doing the eBooks and some kind of collateral sheet that helps them um, to promote their site and their business you know, beyond just the logo. See, I'm, I'm hearing, I hear all sorts of things when you talk about this. And I, I see like a brilliant psychology in there where they're sitting down with somebody and for them, an ebook isn't even like in a day, in less than a day, isn't even a thought in their mind of a possibility. Yeah. But there's a power of someone that's not so emotionally connected to the business where there's a feeling of lack to watch them just like, no, we're doing it. And then to see it unfold, because I think it then empowers them to a level like, oh my God, I can repeat this process, which, yes. you know, it sounds like my own, it's like I'm selling them on you, but I think that it's important to mention. I think that's important because that bleeds into all the other things that you're doing because you're setting things up over a couple of days and then they still have to implement and execute. So I don't know if this was your intent, but it sounds to me like doing an ebook or doing a task or giving them an asset that's in addition to their logo in that first day is fueling a specific fire and showing them a certain way that they could latch onto and take with them through the rest of the year. It's, it's absolutely true. And I, the reason we do the 12 months of social media in a day, which is my most popular, um, but usually it requires branding and website before we get to that point. Um, but it's the most popular and it grabs people the most because people think that you have to sit down every day or every week or even once a month and do your social media. And then it's like, Oh, well, what do I post today? Or, Oh, I forgot to do that. And I've had business owners tell me that they would lay awake at night and go, crap, I forgot to post on social media because they were doing 15 million other things. And that kind of thing, when we sit down and we create 12 months of posts, 365 posts, We schedule them and we put them on every platform they want to be on or that they should be on. And we create the graphics that go with them. And we had one client that wanted to be on Instagram and you know, that needs an image every time. 
Yeah. And we were just going to do once a day, but this is a foundational layer too. And I tell people, well, yeah, we've created 365 posts today. And they're like, well, what if something happens that I don't know is going to happen later on? So post it. Like then you'll feel emp empowered, inspired to post something that you would have never, you know, before, if you had to do all the posting all the time, you might've just gotten bogged down and never posted anything. But now mm. you just, oh, I just have to post this one thing. Not, I have to think of a week of posts, or I have to think of a month of posts because they're already done. And, and a lot of businesses will get so busy and like, or they'll have something happen and they can't do these posts and they'll be gone for like three, six months. And you'll go to their page and you'll be like, are they still in business? Are they like even open? And right. this just eliminates all of that. It eliminates stress for them. But for them to sit down and go, we created all that, or do 12 months of blogging in a day. That's another one people sit down and they're like, I can't believe I wrote all that because they have to write it. I don't write it. Right. And I make them do that. And I help them to see that these processes, what we've been told have to be these long drawn out processes by like the gurus. Um, they're not that long and drawn out if you know how to sit down and focus on it. Um, and that, like you said, empowering them to move forward and do it again themselves. That's my whole mission because a lot, a lot of my clients don't come back. And that's okay. They might stick with me for maintenance or we might have ongoing relationships in other ways, but they don't come back to me again for, you know, a website or social media until maybe two or three years later, you right. know, um, because they know that they've been taught and they sat there with me the whole day and they were like, this isn't that hard. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. That, and that was the whole point. That was the whole exactly. point. That's awesome. So real quick, I was just curious you know, you mentioned mapping things out, you mentioned blogging, you mentioned <laughs> social media. Do you have clients where a YouTube channel is part of the plan and you map out YouTube videos with them? Yes. Now those we can't implement in a day. Mm -hmm. um, however, I have implemented podcasting in a day. This mm. is something I do rarely. Only certain people can do it. I feel like it's a, it's a gift. <laughs> and so when I see that gift in someone, um, then I will encourage them and I've actually created, um, we've done between six to 12 um, sessions or six to 12 podcasts in one day. Now they're not, um, you know, long, they're not interview based, but um, if they want to do that in the future, this at least gives them that, that edge to kind of say, oh, I can do this. We record them on their phone. Um, you know, we put them through a little bit of editing or we'll send them to Fiverr. There's actually editors on Fiverr that are really good and mm -hmm. they'll just send it back and then it's done and we put it on the site. So um, you know, I try to encourage that, but like when it comes to YouTube, I think that's awesome, but that's something we can't necessarily do in a day. And that's all I do anymore. I don't do any like long-term things like that, but I think YouTube podcasting membership sites, um, we do those in a day as well, but like the long-term aspect of those, those pieces are what I would say are like that second tier. Once you get down those five days and you've got all that stuff kind of running and going, then it's time to look back and say, okay, can we add video? Can we add podcasting? Can we add membership? Um, so for someone who's kind of gotten all those things down, that's your next phase. And that's mm -hmm. where you really see that growth of expertise as far as saying, I, I'm, I am the expert. I have a podcast. I have a membership. I have, you know, videos on YouTube. So I think that's really, really great for people who are in that main middle growth phase where they're kind of going to that second level. Awesome. Awesome. You know, it's funny because like, I know this, but I'm learning so much because sometimes you just, you need to hear it in a certain way of like, oh yeah, I mean, I understood that piece. I understood that piece, but I never put these two pieces together. So thank you so much for, for what you're giving me here so far. Um, are you, are you up for a little unpredictable curveball? 
Sure. What's, what's, what's cool. That? <laughs> so full, full disclosure for my audience, they're going to hear this part if, if this makes it in. If you're not happy with this or I'm not happy with what we're about to discuss, I'm just going to cut it out of the interview. So people are hearing right now that I am totally prepping that this might not make it. But um, this is the first time I'm speaking to someone who's so much on branding. And also, I was really intrigued by the fact that you identify emotions and colors and you, you understand the psychology behind that. Yeah. Um, and I would never want to ask you for, for branding work without paying you, but I'm going to, instead, I'm going to give it a chance if this works out for us. We're just going to kind of like have you show your stuff. I want to put my latest book cover in front of you. Okay. And I just want you to assess it. And by the way, because again, I don't like this. I can always cut it. <laughs> don't, don't be scared about hurting my feelings. But I think this is really intriguing. And it's my first time to talk to someone who understands colors and understands psychology. And I had a specific game plan, which I may or may not mention as we go through this. But I'm curious, I want to put it in front of you and just see what you as a branding person get when you look at it. Um, and I'm assuming you're in front of your computer right now. Yes. Well, I'm going to preface this with mm -hmm. the fact that I do website audits. Okay. And I do them, the first one I do for someone, uh, sometimes I do them for free, sometimes they're paid. Um, but if, when I do a website audit, I preface it by saying, I am the Gordon Ramsay of websites. Nice. I oh, don't I make it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to make this really good because I'm going to send you to an Amazon link. So you won't be able to tear up the website because you won't see how bad it is. So I'll send you to an, so it's, it's the pure cover. So it won't even All be right. like a website where like, dude, we got to talk. Um, so I think you're, and you're in Canada. No, I'm in uh, Florida. Oh, no, you're I'm in Florida. In Florida. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because uh, a connection we had was in Canada. So I kind of assumed you were there. So cool. So um, if you just go to last law of attraction book.com, it'll automate you over to the book listing on Amazon. And I'm just curious, someone who understands colors and someone who understands branding, like what pops for you as you see this? Okay, let's see here. Okay. Um, there's a lot of color going on. Mm -hmm. um, obviously the, the words are the full, like they're filling the entire cover they're the whole you know they cover everything um i think the typography is off mm -hmm. so i would i would change the typography it's a little um, like some of it's aligned some of it's not i i like that there's bigger and smaller but um then each bigger and smaller is a different color so that's that's like overwhelming me as a consumer mm -hmm. um and then i I don't know. I don't know what the this the background like the stars, almost like the universe is behind the black plaque. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would actually kind of like to see more of that. I'm a little bit intrigued by the background rather than the colors in front of me. Um, I'm not a fan of the red border. It's harsh. It seems harsh to me, almost like um, almost evil in a way. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, exactly what I'm going for in this book, right? <laughs> And uh, so that's, that's just what I'm seeing initially, but like a lot of color is going on. I'd like to see more of a branded look where I see like two to three colors max. And if there's like a, a photograph as the background or, you know, something like that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think some of the most um, intriguing and intense book covers that I've, I've seen are actually by Seth Godin. He chooses two to three colors and sometimes he'll put a photograph on it, but it's just so stark. And like, it just, you just like, well, I need this book. What, what is this about? You know? Um, and so that's kind of what, what I use as far as book covers go as, as a, an, a, a baseline, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I, I think the ones that just have words on them sometimes can be boring, but this is not boring. 
it's just too much going on. I think that's right. my opinion. So what, cool. do, what do you think? <laughs> Did not hurt my feelings. So, um, by the way, do you want to keep this in if, if we keep going? Yeah, sure. All sure. right, cool. So, um, and we'll see if I can take it now, keep it in. No, um, <laughs> so actually I'll, this is a good opportunity because I don't think I've ever explained this for my audience and I'll say to you while I'm zooming, let me explain my psychology behind the book cover. And okay. I get the typo typography thing, by the way. So what I was going for is I started, you know how we start with the foundation. Now I'm not going to tell you whether my foundation is sound or not, but it certainly is a foundation of strategy where mm -hmm. I'm coming from the foundation that there will become many times where this is a suggested book or a sponsored book option on another page where the cover is really small. And yeah. in recognition of the fact that I put in a long title because the title is so important, I knew it was basically going to be just a bunch of words. Right. And it was almost like I had to make that sacrifice of like, yeah, the thing that you're intrigued with the, with the background, it was almost supposed to be the subtle subconscious thing of there's almost like a longing to find more. But I was really going for the um, you ever walk by a bar and they talk about like happy hour specials and stuff. It's like that kind of chalkboard with the different colors and the different beer options and the different right. things while simultaneously also coming like accessing the mind of a person when they're a kid and obviously they didn't deal with all the different colors of chalk, but just from a learning process, like, Oh, here's a chalkboard. So again, I'm not sure if that, uh, that, that switches your opinion, but I figured you'd find that intriguing of my strategy and psychology behind why I made some of those things. And, and even like the, the different colors, it's like, you notice law of attractions, all the same color. It's like, I think that people are going to glance past something. And this is not only going to be, um, in, in a sea of things, it's going to be in a sea of other self-improvement or law of attraction books. Right. And I want their eye to like, boom, shoot like the green, notice it's green, like green means go. That's why I specifically made sure like law of attraction was that and, and those types of things. So um, I, by the way, like the feedback didn't hurt my feelings and I totally get what you mean. It's like, oh my God, that's a lot. Um, part of it, whether I'm right or wrong was intentional. And it all came from that understanding of like, this is going to be like a really small image at times. Yeah. That's got a, like the mo mo most of my customers are either going to be word of mouth or people that glance because they're looking at another page on Amazon where their brain is already in buying and curiosity mode. Yeah. And I, I think that there's something to be said for that. Um, I think the way that I would change it to go more the direction you were thinking um, based on what I've seen and kind of my initial thoughts and then also your explanation of your your actual like direction mm -hmm. um, is that that small image is going to be super important. And I, I was actually just looking, scrolling down the page on Amazon to see it. What else, like you were saying, like, Oh, those sponsored ones that are like right below it or whatever. Um, and I'm looking at them and the ones that are catching my eye the most are red writing on a white background with some smaller imagery. Mm -hmm. um, or at least half the book is color, but half the book is like white background with the, the writing. Um, and the, the images like, like the, you know, um, sky background or like the, uh, space background that you have with very heavy white writing on it. Mm. And that is what's standing out to me the most. Cause I actually see another one that's down here called, um, advanced manifesting, mastering the law of attraction with frequency, um, attunement. Um, and that book almost looks identical to yours, but they don't have the chalkboard piece that you have. Um, mm. but it's different colors and it has some similar um, aspects to it, but it's lost. I didn't really notice it. And except I was like focusing and looking for this, this space background. So like, it's very interesting. The ones that are standing out to me are the most clean and the most clear and yours is while it is clean and clear. I feel like it needs just a tweak to get you that more, that chalkboard feel 
And I even think if you used a chalkboard, that green chalkboard background, mm -hmm. and you actually did take a photograph of that written in chalk and then had your subtitle um, in, in actual like printed text, I think that would be really cool because, um, you know, and having the words like the last at the top and then law of attraction in chalk written like in a photograph and then um, book you'll ever need to read and like printed below the law of attraction. I think that would be really cool because that gives you that feel of this is a chalkboard, this is a classroom, I need to be able to see the chalk because then I feel like I'm learning that, you know? So anyway, that would be my two cents. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to uh, sucker consulting out of you, but I definitely appreciated that. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I think that's, I think for everyone listening, it's really great just because now they've heard two approaches that are coming from a different place. And I don't even necessarily disagree with you, but I think um, that's cool. And people now they'll, they'll go and they'll pop on that, that other book that you mentioned of like, Oh, let's see what's, what's going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank you for that. And that, that was nice, even like a little sampling. Cause I imagine this is basically part of like what these conversations go like with clients, right. Where, yeah. you know, whether you want to hear it or not, they're going to tell you their perspective, which I'm, I'm sure is yeah. valuable because then yeah. that yeah. helps you not only when you're building um, something that's going to be in resonance with what they're talking about, but you also know you can anticipate like, okay, based on what this person's saying, even though I have like five really good ideas, they're going to shoot these down. So let me go to this one. That's more in line with what they're doing because we can't waste time. I'm assuming it kind of helps you, right? And, and yeah, and like when you, when I was mentioning all the, like when I was telling you like what I was seeing in the book, I immediately started reworking it in my head. But then wow. when you started talking, mm -hmm. you were giving me more feedback, more in, input into insight into what was there and why you did what you did. And then I was able to shift what I was thinking and based on some other examples, give you that, the idea of taking a photograph of a real chalkboard with part of the words on it and stuff like that. Because that is going to be more in line with what you were thinking. And I actually think that's a good idea. So, you know, I don't go into a room with people or, or into a consulting situation and say, I know all the answers, you know, I'm going to make it my way. And if people think that I do that and I'm like, no, that's not how it works yeah. <laughs> because well, I do listen to what the other person has to input because sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good idea, but we just need to execute it differently. Yeah. I, I imagine you have a mix. You probably have a mix of people that are, are too much control freaks and some people yeah. that literally they, they're, they're so lost in the weeds. They almost want you to do everything. Yeah. And there's almost thing in the back of my mind, like, I just hope she gives me something good because I can't even look at it anymore. Like I'm sure you get the whole spectrum, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Um, so just curious, cause again, like yours is obviously very hands-on situation and yeah. Even as evidenced by the conversation we just had here, you get a lot of peeks into the mindset and psychology of entrepreneurs across mm -hmm. the board. What do you identify as like the number one obstacle to what they're doing, especially in the context of a process you put them through where you're putting things down on paper and they're going to have to implement it for a year? Like what's the one number one thing that they use to either stop themselves or the number one obstacle that they don't even see in front of them? Well, if they actually do the full five days or at least, you know, most of those days with me, everything is implemented, which is the good part. Mm. They literally don't have to touch it. We've, we've, we've written, we've created, we've scheduled. It's in. You wouldn't have to look at your social media for a year if you didn't want to. Wow. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that, but. <laughs> you wouldn't have check to. out the comments. Make sure you're right. on point. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so that's already done. So that when they come to me and they get all that done, they're just like, oh my gosh, it's done. I don't have to think about that. Now the, now the obstacle becomes, what do I have to do then? And the biggest fear is I'm not going to get enough clients. Mm. 
Mm. You know, I'm not going to get, I need to go get more clients. We're not getting more clients, more clients. And if you ask entrepreneurs, like in, in different groups and stuff, I've seen the question posed, what do you need right now? And the answer is always more clients. And, and that's not really our answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think the biggest obstacle is instead of saying, how do I sell more tickets? How do I get more clients? How do I do more this, more that is to say, what are we actually doing to get that? Not just sitting here saying I need more clients, but what am I actually going to do to make that happen? And, and for me personally, I teach classes. I go on podcasts. I'm in a bunch of podcast groups right now, and I probably do two, two to three a week. Wow. And I just, I just keep applying. I might apply for 20 in a week, and then I might have be booked out for two to three a week for the next several months. Because the more I share what I can do, the more that I share what I know, yeah, I don't care if you take it and you run with it. That's great. Then you're that kind of person. You're the DIYer. You're going to listen to me, hear a few pointers, and you go, wow, that's great. That's I'm like, great. Awesome. I'm moving with that. And then you're gone, but that's fine. But then they're going to be people that go, I still don't get it. Or I, I still need help. Or I wish someone would just do that for me. Why didn't I know about this before? Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that are going to come to me and say, I need help. Um, and that's who I'm looking for is those people who want that, that help, that handholding in a way. Cause I love handholding. Um, but like the people that need that, um, there are some people that don't, you know, there's some people that are just like, they hear it and they're like, I can do that. Um, and so I'm, I'm out there pushing myself out there to teach classes. And I teach a lot of classes that I get paid for and I teach a lot of classes for free. Um, and I do a lot of, I do the podcast obviously for free and I'm not afraid to share what I have to what I know and what I do in sessions because, um, you know, like I said, there's always going to be people that want that interaction, that one-on-one, they want their situation, you know, me to actually review their situation. And then there's going to be people that are just like, Hey, that example that Andrew had, like, that's ah, perfect. I don't, I don't need to do anything further. I get it. I can do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll work for them. So, so I think that, that I need more clients thing. It's like, what are we actually doing for that? Yeah. Social media is great. Yeah. Blogging's great. That's more passive. That's more about awareness. Everything we do in marketing in those five days, this is your awareness package. It's not going to necessarily bring you, you know, someone in the door that's going to say, here's my $5,000, do this thing for me. You know, they're going to, they're going to see you on social media. They're going to see your email go out. They're going to see your blog post. It's going to take seven to 12 of those before that person says, here's my money, take it. Mm -hmm. So that's your awareness package. What you actually do is go to networking events, show up to Zoom events, um, host events if you have to, um, create meetup groups, even if they're virtual, um, do things like Meetaway, which is crazy, crazy networking. I mean, it's like the craziest thing I've ever done. Um, do things like teach classes, find organizations that need your help, and maybe you can work with them um, on a pro bono basis because you know all of their members are your perfect ideal client. You know, not just for free because you want to, because nobody should be working for free. But if that's going to make that work and make that happen, joining professional organizations, yeah, it might be a little bit outlay of money, but that's where those people are that you need to find. So, you know, those kind of things are the doing part. And I feel like if, when we get bogged down with all the marketing and the awareness stuff, which is those five days that I mentioned, the brand, website, social media, blogging, and email marketing, when we bog ourselves down with that, we don't have time for those doing things, the things that are going to make us money, the things that are actually going to help people to see that we are the experts. So, um, you know, I try to use these five days to free them up for a year and say, now go do all that stuff that you think, well, I I should have been going to networking. I should have been writing that book. I should have been whatever it was, right. That's going to actually make you money in the long run. I think that's, that's wonderful advice. It's just about putting yourself out there and giving value because like, if I'm understanding right, like 
every, what you're doing with them over those couple of days is you're kind of laying link out this perfect foundation so that when they put themselves out there and it's time to find out more about them, there's this legitimacy that's just like stuck in place and is a branding idea and a branding presence that they carry through with them when they're giving that value. And you mentioned yeah. that um, it was a, like a restaurant or a pizzeria or, or whatever. And it's like, People are thinking like, oh, well, that's, that's easy when you have something to teach like marketing, but what do I do there? And I'm thinking as you're describing, like that person, if he was looking to do it, he could do like a food drive where yeah. he's giving away his food. And by the way, when you're doing a drive, you're talking about charity, you're talking about charity, you're talking about big wigs. You're talking about big wigs, all of a sudden they're trying your gourmet pizza and they're like, wow, when next time I host my party, yeah. this is the person that I'm going to go to. So there's ways of doing it and doing good at the same time and offering value. There's always partnerships that can be had and, and by the most unlikely of partners too. Um, you know, I've had, you know, partnerships with people who, um, you know, I'm in marketing and I know someone who's a CPA and they only work with nonprofits. So I'm like, let's team up. You do 30 minutes on the five things that they don't know about CPAs and what they should be doing with their finances. And I'm going to teach them five things they don't know about marketing. And like you said, marketing seems like a little bit easier of a sell, but if you're doing lawns and you have a lawn business and you have more of a product, it's kind of service slash product, right? Mm -hmm. You pick a home in the neighborhood that like looks pretty darn good, but maybe their yard needs a little work. And then you say, look, we're going to put our sign in your yard. I'm going to do your yard for free for two months, which is kind of the time frame you need to do, you know, and that's the advertising you're paying for. And when people drive by that in the neighborhood and they're like, damn, that large yard looks pretty good. Oh, wait, mm. who did that yard? You know, so that kind of thing. I mean, it sounds like an outlay of money also because you're doing something for free. But if you're strategic in doing the free things, you're going to get the clients that make the most sense for you rather than saying someone coming up to you going, I really need your help. I need you to do this for free. And then you're like, okay, I'll help you. But then it doesn't lead anywhere because they don't know anybody. They don't have the right connections. They don't have the right reach that you need. So you have to be strategic in the free stuff that you do, but there's ways you can also limit it. Like I said, doing a yard for a month or two months just to make it pretty enough so that when mm. people drive by, they're like, perfect. And then that person is like, wow, you do this really great. Like, what do you charge? Now you're going to, the, the trial is up. Okay, now I got to pay. Well, what is it? I'll pay, you know, because now they're used to that. So yeah. things like that can always be done for all different kinds of industries. I love it. And there's even deeper strategy than that where it's like, you know, do it for a big house and a small house because you don't know yeah. if people are going to go to the big house like, oh, I could never afford it, so I won't even call right. versus the people that go in the little house like, no, no, I want like a legit house. So like no matter what, you're kind of covering your bases. Yeah, absolutely. There's always all kinds of strategies you can perform with that. And um, you can also do giveaways and you can, you know, you know, a lot of lawn people, they just kind of go mm -hmm. to like homeowners associations or apartment associations, things like that. But then like, what about all these moms groups? these moms don't have time to do the yards and the husbands are like yards. Oh, I I'm busy. I'm working, you know? And so it's like, okay, the yard has to be done. So somebody has to do it. Mm. <laughs> and the moms are the, usually the ones that are doing, making those kinds of decisions for the home. So um, that kind of stuff, house cleaners, same kind of thing. Like there's always options for that stuff. Um, and, and I've actually had realtors come to me and this is my biggest, the biggest one that have the biggest problem with my social media because they're like, well, how could I possibly do 12 months in a day? I don't even know what houses I'm going to sell, you know, in, in six months or three months or three weeks. And my point with that is, is that the social media stuff that we do, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's all, there's always evergreen stuff that you can do. 
Um, and there's, and the same thing goes for like teaching. Like there's always something you can teach about yard maintenance. You could do YouTube videos and say, look, these are the types of, this is what crab grass looks like. Look, this is what St. Augustine grass looks like. And just be teaching that stuff. Cause that stuff doesn't change. The way that crabgrass looks is always the same. <laughs> and the way to treat it is always the same. Um, and so you can give that value to someone, especially like on YouTube. Um, plumbers are my favorite because if you watch plumbing videos on YouTube, one, they're hilarious because these guys are just so like down home. They're just like no pretentious airs or anything. Yep. And they're also just like, <laughs> they know their stuff so well. It takes them like five minutes to replace the toilet. I'm like, how did you even do that? You know? So those kind of things, um, you know, are really going to boost what you're doing. And also just because you don't, maybe you're working with a small area too. This is another thing people have problem with. Oh, I'm just working with a small area. Why would I use YouTube? It's so global. Well, there's actually a company in town that did a blog post just on their website. So it wasn't even YouTube, just put a blog post on their website. They, they did such well, so well with the keywords and stuff and the, the content they put together that Google had started picking it up and people were asking this question on Google. So then Google was like, oh, here's an answer over here. And people from Canada, you know, the UK, all over the world are looking at this article because they have the same question. The mm -hmm. company is here in Florida in Jacksonville, Florida, and then like, you know, the US. It's like this tiny little company, but they got so much traction out of the article that their local SEO just blew up. And now people are like hiring them all over the place and they have yes. radio commercials and all this stuff now because they had that global to local effect. So there's all kinds of stuff like that that you can do with, with all these. Yeah. <laughs> I love that example because it demonstrates where I think there's an SEO strategy and there's a very intelligent way of going about things, but you can also just as easily give value and do your thing and the algorithm will pick you up without you yeah. having to figure out these other weird words, like just do your thing and give value and it's going to work out because that's what the website, that's what Google is actually designed to do anyway. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons I, I used to call my, my social media and I still, sometimes I use it, but algorithm proof. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what we do with everything. Like I, I do SEO, but it's algorithm proof. We're not there to beat the algorithm. It changes every five minutes and we don't even know. So mm -hmm. we're, we're not going to beat it ever, but we can work outside of it because like you said, it's Google is designed originally to build upon what people are looking for. And if you know your client enough to say, my client is going to say, how do I cool my second floor? Well, maybe it's your filter, maybe it's your drain line, maybe it's, and they have all these reasons of what it could be. So you can kind of DIY it first. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, but if you're still not having luck, you should call us. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the answer is to, to provide that value, give them that thing and then say, and if you're not having luck, here's the answer, the, the ultimate answer. Um, because, you know, going outside of the algorithm also takes that weight off of the entrepreneur's shoulders by saying, you don't have to learn all this. You have to learn some stuff and you should be, you know, proficient in what you're doing, but you don't have to bog yourself down with all of this data that is really not necessary for what you are doing specifically. Yeah. And, you know, even getting back to the example, of like making helpful videos, yeah. it's like, even if, you know, you listen, it's like, oh, Elizabeth and Andrew said, if I do this, it'll take off, even though we didn't actually say that. It's like, right. <laughs> it doesn't happen, but what if the YouTube channel takes off? And then all of a sudden that's revenue that's completely aside from your business that's coming in passively. It's yeah. like, there's so many ways that you can continue to monetize that have nothing to do with the actual money coming into that part of the business itself. True. And same thing with blogging and doing ads and mm -hmm. um, you know, Google AdWords has been, or Google ads has been around for a long time, but 
you know, there's also ways that you can say, well, I'm getting a lot of hits on my site. Maybe it's not actual income, like you said, but maybe your site's just popular. Um, and maybe you can now sell ads on your site to local people who are in the similar, you know, thing. And maybe they can write articles for you and you can kind of build that. And I, I believe that you should have multiple streams of income regardless. So that's just another piece. And, and that's a little more technical and you might, you know, some people might not be comfortable with doing that, but it's just an option. It's not like all these things are, you know, mandatory. And I feel like some of the, what I call the gurus, <laughs> I put that in quotation marks, um, <laughs> they, they kind yep. of weight you down with all, do this and do this and do this and do this. And they keep adding more things. And we've talked about a lot of things you can do, but really what people should take away from this conversation is, what were the things that I know that my clients would resonate with? Not with what I'm resonating with. Cause I'm as a, me as a consumer, I'm sometimes I'm not my own ideal client. Sometimes yes. I am. And I think a lot of times people serve their own demographic just because it's, you know, it just makes sense. But a lot of times too, they're not their own demographic. And if you can step outside of yourself and say, if I was the consumer, what would I appreciate? Then just do those things. And, and the things that you don't like about, you know, all this, don't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just don't do it <laughs> wow this it's kind of funny I, I i personally feel like you've been giving gold the whole conversation but this last leg of things is my favorite part because just in that in our natural flow of conversation we're going to all these examples which again people can't do all these and nor should they right but they're probably like even if one or two of these things is kind of like making something click for somebody listening right now that's where the real power is so thank you for that um we're, we're almost out of time here. So I want to make sure to ask, like, if people want to learn more about you and get in touch, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, I have a website called beyondthecause.co. That's our company. And we have a tool page. So beyondthecause.co forward slash tools. And if you go to that page, it's all the tools I use in my business. And I use like free stuff or really, really cheap stuff, but it's really good stuff because I've vetted all of it. Um, and I use all those pieces in my business. And I also have my social media toolkit on there. So all the tools that I use in a session, you can actually download right on my website. And um, also you can get some audit, a website audit done through my website as well. So you'll see that pop up too. But all of that's beyondthecause.co forward slash tools. And I'd love to have people check out all the stuff I use because it's awesome. Awesome. I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes. And last question to close things out. What's the number one piece of advice you wish that you can give, go back in time and give yourself from 10 or 15 years ago? So I always have the same answer because I have regretted this decision for a long time, but um, it's a tool for everyone else. So I only recently heard about a book um, about three years ago called Profit First. And if I had had that book in my hands when it was originally published, um, I would be much richer now, which would be great. Um, <laughs> But it's not just about that. It's about all the stress that that book relieved for me um, as a business owner. And I think that when it comes to business owning, the two things that bog us down the most and that really just weigh on our minds and stress us out are money and, and marketing. Those are just our two main things. Like the rest of it takes care of itself, but money and marketing are our two hardest pieces to really wrap our brains around. And I've given you all the marketing tools, so you should be set. But um, the money part was always really hard for me because I was always taught a traditional money mindset <clears throat> and that you, you pay your bills first, you pay your people, and then you have what's left over. And this book turns that whole system on its head because it's about cash flow management. It's not about accounting. It's about how you manage the cash that actually comes in. 
And it's about taking your profit essentially and actually first, which I thought was insane. Like, why would you take money off the top and say, this is profit? You can't really do that, right? That's not what profit is. But really this book just explains how you can take your money and you take and change your mindset with money to the point where your business is no longer eating 60, 70, 80% of the cash that comes in, which mine was. Mm -hmm. um, mine's now eating about 20 to 30% of the cash that comes in. And I take home 50% of everything I make. Nice. So, and all the taxes are paid also. So it sounds like craziness. And how could I possibly take a 50% paycheck? That's insane. But I did it and I did it within a few months of reading that book. And if I had had that book 10 years ago, oh my gosh, I would have been, <laughs> been so great. So definitely yep. get Profit First. It's the best book you'll ever read, uh, except you know, Andrew's book. But um, it's, Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it just changed my life so much. And I don't really think that about books because I don't read a lot. But that was one I did read and I'm so glad I did. Nice. Elizabeth, I, I never try to project how a conversation is going to go or, or anything, but um, I, I just, I'm so, I'm so glad we had this talk. It, it, I knew it was going to be good, but it went in directions I never really predicted in, in such a good way. And I really want to thank you for, for sharing so much, uh, so much insight, so much value, so much gold. I think a lot of people listening out there right now are going to get so much out of it. And I, I would hope that a lot of them are going to be inspired to take steps that, they should have taken years to go years ago, whether it's getting profit first yeah. or just implementing the next year of their business. Um, so thank you so, so much for being here. This, this was beyond awesome. I really appreciate it. Well, it's been my absolute pleasure. And this is, this is one of those things that I want people to go and do is just go out and give value. Everything I've said, yeah, I could have gotten paid for it, but I did. I wanted to give it because it's, it's important for me that people understand these things. So um, I'm just so glad that you asked me, you know, we, we were able to collaborate and be on this together. And um, thank you so much. Thank you again, Elizabeth, for that awesome interview and those awesome insights. And thank you for that link, beyondthecause.co slash tools, where listeners can go and check out a lot of uh, free information that's going to help them out in their business. Guys, I really hope you like that one. And of course, you know, stay tuned. We've got a lot more on the way. And, you know, if you haven't done so already, pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, leave a quick, honest written review. Let me know what you thought about today's episode and the ones before it. Let me know what you'd like to hear moving forward and what kind of guests you might want to have on here and uh, any other thoughts you might want to share. I'm always happy to hear what they are and always happy to move on the suggestions. Um, but with that said, I'm going to dive on out of here. I'll see you guys next time, which will be sooner rather than later. And I'm looking forward to it. Take care. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.